Hey guys, welcome to Pressing On. It is September 2021, and today we're going to be talking about transition and uh, some other big things that are happening. So it's a it's a it's a good one to listen to. We're going to be sharing some personal stories, but before we get into that, uh, we have a winner from last month for the coffee. Hmm. But this is what happened, Albert Etherhart. If I'm not saying that right, Albert, let me know. But he responded to our question about who has the better radio voice. And this is what he said. He said that I definitely have the radio voice. But he said, I wanted to say that Chris does the voice to a late night FM jazz DJ really well. And he said, oh, I'm, yeah. he said I'm dating myself with this. Anyone who's under 40 will not understand this one. But anyone who is over will totally get this one that Chris sounds like Venus on WKRP in Cincinnati. Chris, did yeah, you ever you watch go. that show? There you go. I remember that show, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I, if I line up with it, but I'll take it. <laughs> Jordy, it. At least he made it to TV, I've never heard you know? of. Do you know what WKRP in Cincinnati is? No. It was an awesome show back in the day. I probably saw the tail end of it. Yeah. Um, and Chris, it was probably right in his wheelhouse, right, Chris? It's probably in the 80s. It's probably, it could be 70s. It was wow. a long time ago. <laughs> well, hey, um, we have Jordy Vickery, as always. What's up? Myself, Scott Lessing. And the one and only... DJ, Jazzy FM late night radio guy, Chris Meekins. What is happening, brother? This is... <laughs> I don't know. I just picked that up. So I don't know. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. Oh, man. Well, it is a cold, brisk day here it in is Ohio. First one of the year. Yeah, Chris, you're in Florida. You're joining us via the, the phone today. Uh, what's yeah. it like down there? It was sunny in 85. I walked up to LA Fitness, worked out, walked back home, got a good sweat going. So it's uh, it's Florida, maybe. That's awesome. <laughs> Our pastor always here, every every week he says, uh, we're glad you people are here. We're glad people are moving to Florida, but don't bring your northern ways with you. We like <laughs> it this way. <laughs> now, Chris, you were telling us a story as we were getting everything set up this morning. The story you shared is that you you preached for the first time at your church in Florida. Well, I had to, uh, they asked me to talk to, I, I volunteered for the high school group and they asked me to give a message on evangelism and be more practical and, you know, just give some life stories. And you know me, I've always got a story about everything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You're a so good person I, for that. So, so I, uh, so I did it on Wednesday Went it went okay. And then I did it on Sunday twice for the junior high. So I, I'm pretty excited. I, I, I kept on going, okay, Lord, what, what's going on here? But he's like, hey, listen, if you can't do it for these people, what makes you think you're going to reach, you know, adult men either? So yeah. uh, it's, it's honing in my skills and doing something that I've never done. I, I just don't do that well. So I was honored to be asked, and I pray that God would use it to bring so glory you to were, his name. you were stretched out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's funny because they're like little kids. They don't know they don't know if you're right or wrong. <laughs> they don't know if you're right or wrong. Yeah, it was good. It's good, man. That's awesome.
Yeah, hey, well, plan is a little little different today. Our very own Pastor Scott is kind of, he's changing hats here at Grace Church. Um, same team, just a different position. And so just kind of wanted to give Scott a chance just to share his story and talk through what's kind of going on in his life. And Chris and I both believe you guys are going to benefit from this a lot. Yeah, well, it's been a wild ride, that's for sure, for the last uh, two years on this journey. Um I'll, I'll start, I, I wanted to start by reading a passage out of Matthew 25. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Matthew 25, yeah. the parable of the ten virgins? <laughs> you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, what do you teach? What, what are you transcendence? No, 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 a little bit further after that section, we're not talking about the ten virgins, we're talking about the sheeps, the sheep and the goats uh, in verses 31 through 45. We're, we're going to move right along. So we're, okay. we're going to be in Matthew 25, verse, we'll start in verse 31. But um, what, what happens here is Jesus is, is sharing about what's going to happen in the future. And he's saying when, when the Son of Man comes, there, there's essentially going to be a judgment on how you treated people. And... He he talks about the sheep will be on the sheep will be on one side, the goats will be on the other side, and there's there will be this separation of people, and the people listening are like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And this is what Jesus says. He says in in verse thirty four, the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance and the kingdom uh, prepared for you since the creation of, of of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And he, he continues, Then the righteous will say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needed clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And what he's saying is that when when you when these people were in front of you, the way that you treated them was really important. That whole passage about loving God and loving others, that's our call as followers of Christ. It it's essentially who you are in front of the people that he just named, these different people groups who were in need, the way that you are in front of them is is the way that you should be in front of me too. And at the time, people who were in front of Jesus, like when Jesus was around, they, they may have been different than when the poor or the needy were in front of them. And so what he's saying is, if, you, if you're different when you're when I'm not around and you treat them poorly or you walk away from them or ignore them, but when I'm around you like praise me and you're, you're at my feet, like that's that's not that's not the right heart. I want you to love them the way that you would love me. And he's saying, if if you treated them poorly, you actually treated me poorly. Those are, those are that's my creation. And I want you to wow. love them well. Wow. Yeah, I love, I love that picture. It's challenging. Really but challenging. But I, I appreciate the clarity of it, you know, um, one of my favorite authors, Bob Goff, he, he describes anyone difficult to love. He calls them Jesus in his head. Not out loud. That would probably be a little strange. But <laughs> in his head, he calls them all Jesus just as a reminder to treat them really, really well. And Where did you read that at, Jordy? That's in, um, that's in Everybody Always. 
by Bob Goff. Bob Goff. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Okay. I, I love I love book. that perspective. Yeah. You have you read that book, Chris? I have not. Yeah, I did. I did. I I I uh you know, you you forget about that. Because just when you're reading that, Scott, I'm I'm like, well, uh, why don't you just dive right in? I mean, I mean, you're talking about some of the hardest things to do as a Christian, you know, in the world we live in today is you're, you're talking about going, going deep with people that aren't like us. Would yeah. that, would that be a correct thing to say? Yeah. And, and in a general sense, yes. Anyone who's not like you, it's uncomfortable, right? It, it's, it sometimes can be very uncomfortable if we're around people who are different than us. And and what Jesus is saying is, I want you to be with people who are different than you. And I want you to be with maybe those people groups who are... He's, he's speaking specifically here about people groups who are forgotten about, who are left out, right? And who we typically turn our back on and we just keep living our life and don't don't think about those who are truly in need or who, you know, like those men and women who are in prison, youth as well, who they are truly a forgotten about people group and no one can go see them. You know, they can't get out and live life the way that we do. They they are in there and if they don't have family or friends to come visit them, they are literally all alone. And yeah. so that that's who Jesus is talking to. So this is what happened for me. I, I want to share my, my story going back January of 2020 and even before that, um, I had some friends in men's ministry who were super active at one of the Grafton prisons here in Ohio, and and they're very very gifted guys. And I, I God gave me an amazing idea, and it was totally him. I went to my friend Mike Swiger, who runs True Freedom Ministries here in Ohio, and I said, "Hey, Mike, what do you think about doing a men's retreat in Grafton prison?" He was like. Dude, I've been praying about that for over 10 years, right? And I was like, oh, that's amazing. That is really cool. So we did that January 2020. That was right before COVID hit. And when I was driving home that day, I was just praising the Lord like, God, that was so amazing that we just had an all-day men's retreat, a a typical men's retreat. We ate with these guys. We worshiped. We heard some great messages and, you know, discussed and, you know, it was just amazing, right? On my way home, I really felt like the Lord was saying, "Hey, this is going to be your next campus at Grace Church." And I, so I called, I called my buddy Mike on the way home, and I said, "Mike, what do you think about that?" He's, he's like, "Scott, that's that's been my dream is that we would have that." And we tried that about ten years ago, and it didn't go through with another church. And we would love, love to have that happen. So I started praying about it, COVID hit, and I thought, you know what, that's never going to happen. I, I just, for some reason, I just thought that dream would die. And my, my buddy Mike called me March of this year and said, hey, let's get together for lunch, which we did often. And I remember thinking the night before, and I said to my wife, Maureen, I said, you know, I wonder if he's going to tell us that that dream is dead, or is he going to tell us like that might still happen? And so sure enough, you know, as soon as we got together, he's like, hey, I want to let you know, like, this is now ready to happen. We can do it, right? And I was, I was like, no, I was like so blown away. So I went to um, our executive pastor Sam Beatty and our senior pastor Jonathan Schaefer, and and they were like, we're all in. And so we've been working together with Mike, and uh, we're gonna be getting together with the uh, the prison here very shortly to figure out like all you know, just go through a strategic plan and how can we make this happen 
uh, as quickly as possible. So we're looking to launch this in February or March of 2022. And the cool thing is that they asked me to be the campus pastor. So I had to say, okay, what, what are we, what, what's going to happen? I have to, something has to come off my plate and I have two roles here at Grace. I'm the men's pastor. I lead all of the men's ministry stuff. And I also oversee Jordy and like six other people. Yeah. One of the associate pastors. So one of those things had to come off my plate and, um, I was, I prayed a long time about this and had other people pray with me. And there was agreement that, men's ministry would come off my plate, meaning that I would not oversee all of men's ministry anymore. I still do men's ministry on Wednesday morning, and I'm going into a men's only prison. So we're still going to be doing the podcast, the men's podcast, and we're I'm still going to be doing other things in men's ministry. But we have another guy, Tom Sefik, who's going to be the pastor overseeing men's ministry now. So, But I'll still be the oversight for uh, life stages here at Grace Church as an executive pastor, but um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of change. I'm, you know, there's a, there's a transition happening in my life to a different ministry, and there's lots of meetings and planning and all kinds of amazing fun stuff, and we're seeing God work already. Um, it's just been it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, you know what? I I really think that this this really is a gift from God from from a couple perspectives one the fact that i moved away like you know last year and before all this happened or when it was happening and if i was still there i'd be like well wait a minute maybe i can be the men's pastor and i could have took over so (laughs) praise god that he saved the men from me (laughs) oh my god you crack me up. I, I feel like I would it, love if Chris ran that thing. It'd be like, I, it'd be like locker room talk. I just all picture walking in. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> it's, all, it's all about me. It's all about me. You crack I me probably up. Would've, I probably would have wanted. Maybe that's why God moved me now. It gives me another answer why I, why I moved. And I'm like, okay, praise God. Um, that's does, cool. So how's your family think? What does your family think about this? My, my kids were so excited. You know, they were like, wow, that is so cool, right? Um, my wife is super excited, uh, cause I've been talking about this for a long time, just about prison ministry in general, um, that this opened up is really cool. Um, it, it, it there's a little bit of a tricky thing cause obviously we're going to have a campus there, which means I'm going to be the campus pastor of a men, it's a men's only church, right? It's yeah. kind of, kind of strange when you say it that way. So on Sundays we have to get creative on how we're going to worship together. Uh, because I'll be at a different campus on Sunday mornings, and can I get back here by the 12 o'clock service, right? So that, that'll that be tricky. That's the only thing that, that was like, huh, I wonder how we're going to work that out, or maybe go to, um, you know, worship in the evening. Uh, so yeah, th- there's there's a little bit of that, but she loves, I mean, she knows my heartbeat. She knows my, my passion to share the gospel with guys who, you know, they they have an opportunity now to be part of, to belong to a church. Like that is so unique in prison, to belong to a church. And this is the cool thing. When, you know, we're going to have a whole group of people who are going to be helping me go into Grafton every Sunday morning. And, you know, we'll have ushers and prayer partners and guys who will do announcements, but also guys who are at Grafton are also going to be a part of that, right? So they're going to be ushers. They're going to be prayer partners. They're going to be maybe preaching periodically, part of the worship team, leading the worship team. So like, it's going to be this really unique opportunity to be the church 
in and out of the prison, wow. right? I mean, that, that's really neat. This is what's really cool too, is we're building, Mike Swagger is going to be helping us build this um, team that will be taking care of the families while their um, dad or husband is in prison that we need to take care of the families too. Yeah. Right. And so we're going to have a whole team that'll be doing that. And when these guys reintegrate and, you know, they, they, they come out of prison and they automatically belong to a family that knows them, that loves them. They're, yeah, they, they have a church. Right. I mean, that's a very unique thing. There's a couple churches in the country that are doing this that will be, you know, obviously going to, I know Chris, your church does this. There's a church in Colorado that we've been in touch with and that we're going to be learning a lot from. And obviously Mike Swiger will be walking alongside of us this whole time. And um, yeah, it's just really amazing. I feel like we're living out the call that Jesus has for for the church to go into. You know, like it's like that run into a building of that's burning down, Chris. You, you did that for your entire life, right? And our human nature is to run away from challenging things. Right, right. To, to, we want to always be comfortable. And this is uncomfortable, right, for, for people to say yes to. We've already got almost 20 people that have said yes, and we haven't even had our first meeting yet. That's we, awesome. We have 11 people on a leadership team. Like, it's just, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I'm so excited to see... It's one of those things that's like, there's a, I think there's so much opportunity in like neglected spaces, you know, hmm. and it'll be cool just to see that investment there amongst the people that, you know, aren't used to having that. I, I think you could see a lot of just amazing things happen. I, I, I also think that the, the both of you, both you guys, both you, Jordy and, and Scott, I, one of the things I love about Grace Church is that you guys both are pushing into ministries that most churches are like, eh, we really don't have the resources for it, hmm. or we really don't have the, the time for it. It's like the junior high kids, just let them go to Sunday school. Let them sh- shove them out the room. But over there at Grace, we have, you know, we've invested in things that people just aren't going to do, which is is really what a pastor it's like i'm going to lead the way we're going to lead the way i mean it's easy for a person with a teaching gift to go oh okay i'll teach a you know a bible study or i'll teach a a men's class or i'll teach this but it's not easy for you to say i'm going to go to a place where nobody else wants to go and that's what i i love about jonathan's tart i love about grace church as a whole you know our our tagline is exalting jesus christ um and so, you know, at the end of the day, you both are doing like a great work. I mean, it, I mean, isn't it almost the same thing, Jordy, that people like junior high pastor? Yeah, I'm basically a prison minister. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, people don't want to go work with the youth. Let's just be honest. Like people will say when I was in kids ministry, people said all the time, like, I, you know what? I have no idea what to do with kids or with yeah, teenagers. There's definitely people who feel that way. And it's sad because... Um, any any record label, any like bit major consumer product fashion brands, they know whose hearts they need to win, and it's the hearts of young people. Hmm. But it, on the flip side, the church tends to be the stingiest, where the rest of the world spends the most money. Like, why are Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber some of the best selling? Are Olivia Rodrigo? These are people that appeal to teenagers it's fascinating and then and then you scott you're like okay these people were always like well don't they get rehabbed in in church 
I mean, in prison, what's the answer to that? No, right? No, I mean, it, there's something out there called recidivism. It's it's the rate when when somebody is reintegrated from prison and they go back um, to their home. Um, recidivism is the the percentage of people that return back to prison um, after that, and they have found that the recidivism rate decreases significantly. Um, it goes something like 30-some percent down to the teens when there is a church involved at the prison. And so that alone, it tells you something, right? There's transformation mm-hmm. that happens in somebody's life when the church is present. And so what Jesus is calling us to do in Matthew 25 the sheep and the the sheep and the goats is to go into the places where people need to be loved and valued, right? Um, people who are usually forgotten about, and so that that's what we're going to be doing here at Grace Church. We're going to be living out this call that Jesus has on the church is to you. I want you to go into the prison. I want you to go and love on those guys. Mm-hmm. I want you to share the gospel with them. I want you to give them hope, even though. Some of those guys may never get out, right? They may never go back to their homes. And can they still have, they need hope too. A lot of times I've heard people say, especially since, you know, we've been talking about this a lot lately around grace. I have had some people say, you know what? They, they say negative, very negative things about um, the inmates. And I'm going to speak for me and Chris, because Jordy was not like me and Chris when we were youth. But we, Chris, you and I were one step away. You know, the, yeah. the main difference between some of those guys and us is that we just didn't get caught, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. so I could have been there as well. And so why why would we not, you know, go and, you know, create space for them to belong, right? To be loved and valued and to know that God loves them right where they're at, right? Um, so all of that to say, it, I'm nervous. I'm not nervous to go into prison. I used to be nervous to go into prison. I'm nervous because I have no idea what I'm doing. And I don't want to fail, right? I was talking with my wife about this yesterday and she said, "What what are you most nervous about? What are you most like what are you, what's creating the most anxiety?" And it's I don't know what I'm doing. And Jordy, you and I were talking about this yesterday yeah. in the car too, right? I hate to fail. I don't know anyone who likes to fail. So, I don't want to fail at this. So, I'm, that makes me nervous. That makes me ang- filled with anxiety, yeah. and I have to give that to the Lord and surround the, me with. I, he needs to surround me with the right people, like Mike Swagger, right? To yeah. to walk alongside well, me and almost any ministry. There's like basically a step by step guide. Like there's a million books, there's a million examples. Every church is doing it. Here's what you do. This is like kind of like in its early. This type of ministry is in its pioneering phase. Yeah, still, and so. I think it's cool that you get to be a part of that like pioneering season, you know, you might be like the right brothers where you look back and laugh and things fall apart, you know, hopefully you don't all get beat up one day or something (laughs) or (laughs) become a prop in an escape. That's something I've thought about. Like, really? Will you ever That's be really funny? Like, could the prison ministry? I, I'm totally just joking, but like, could it ever become a prop in this like major escape plan? <laughs> like, <laughs> they all walk out disguised as you guys or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, no, but 
I I would you know just the season of transition, not wanting to fail, but stepping into it anyways to me that's the win you know failing would have been not even trying but what kind of lessons have you learned during this transition season what are the what's the you know what are the spark notes on this season of life now that you're kind of deep into it yeah i so right now my biggest takeaway so far is saying yes to jesus even if it's uncomfortable even if it doesn't make sense you know a lot of people are are leaving something right now right uh, that that's happening all over because of covid and just the craziness in our world so a lot of people are leaving so part of me wanted to be like why well, can't leave now because i don't want to be a part of that right but god's calling me i'm not leaving grace church i'm still a pastor at grace church yeah but god's calling me to a different type of ministry so that that was one like worried about what people might think right um even if it's a little scary or whatever. Uh, so that was one. Number two is Joshua was called to be courageous. God said, the Lord said, just place your foot and I will make sure it lands on the right rock, right? As he, every step of the way. And I would say this is the first time, probably in any career that I've ever had, which I've had a few now, that I've, I, I literally don't know what I'm doing. I, I had that in sales a little bit, but I knew that I could talk really well to people and I'm, you know, I'm a good connector and I can relate well to people. This, the, the, it doesn't matter any of that. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I literally have to trust the Lord with every single step right now. And I don't know the answers. All I know is that I've probably taken one and a half steps and both of them, the Lord has put my foot on the right rock, hmm. you know? So... That that's my biggest takeaway so far. Yeah, that's cool. Have you? Are there any like outs you've given yourself? Like you know, like that, like oh, you know, you don't have to do this. You actually you can't. Because has there been any wrestling with outs, off ramps to this? Yeah, I've 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 done that twice already. Um, this is what happened. Literally, we made the announcement in men's ministry on a Wednesday morning. The next day, uh, my buddy Mike. Swagger, he had there. There was a meeting set up between me, uh, Mike, the warden, and some other people to have a strategic planning meeting to to get this. And he literally called me the next day and said, "Hey, there's some changes. You you need to call me." And I thought, "Oh my gosh, we just made this announcement, right?" And so we we can't make. No, I thought he was going to say this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um. So that's not. We just, you know, went from one prison to maybe two or maybe three prisons. That's what he wanted to tell me about, right? And so it's like, oh my gosh, like that's really crazy, right? And then COVID Delta variant made us postpone the meeting one month. So I'm thinking, you know what? This is not going to happen. Like I keep thinking. God's closing the door. Yeah, like maybe it's not going to happen. So you know what? I'm just going to go back into men's ministry and so what else can i maybe do so i've already started thinking like and that's that you know i need to trust the lord and mike he continues to reassure me like hey don't worry it's just it's not not going to happen it will happen you yeah know? so yeah i mean i think absolutely we it's very easy to to you know make other plans in case it fails right or in case it won't happen like it's so easy to do that but the lord there's a song um, by Maverick City, and it, it, it's uh, there's two promises, and then a man of his word, 
And both of those, if you combine those two songs together, great, great worship songs. But if you combine those, what what those two songs say to me through Scripture is that God is a man of His word; He keeps His promises, and it, don't don't worry, trust Him. You know, so right. I'm right. gonna I'm in a season of learning how to trust Jesus at such a deep level, more than I probably have in a long, long time. Wow, that's really it, it's it's funny how you would think that like some of that stuff would just like wear on you. But a lot of times it actually develops you and even puts you in a closer spot with God. How like this isn't the beginning of your transition season. You've you've kind of had this step like into an associate role, like a half step out of men's ministry in some ways. Uh, I remember you handed me a book, Hero Maker. I think you handed like everyone you could find Hero Maker. And <laughs> it, it's like you've kind of for a little bit stepped into that hero maker like you're a people developer role but you've almost been off the field a little bit like not preaching teaching doing ministry as much now you're stepping into this all new thing so you're kind of back on the field but like what what has maybe had to like die in order to step in to to be obedient into these you know just uncomfortable seasons yeah so it was a year ago right now uh, my boss, Sam Beatty, he's the executive, the executive pastor at Grace Church, uh, essentially like number two, right? And what he said to me, we were talking about men's ministry and, you know, I was like, I would love to, you know, you know, can, I would like to have maybe somebody take Saturdays and, and, you know, and Sam, and I, and then Sam, I'd come back the next month and I'd be like, no, 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 I don't want to give away Saturdays, you know? And finally, Sam just said, I think men's ministry has become an idol in your life. And dude, that that rocked my world out because I'm like, but but that's my Wait a that's my that's my job. That's my gig. Yeah, that's my yeah. that's my ministry and that's what I've been hired to do. Like I should be passionate about, you know, whatever ministry yeah. we lead, right? And blah blah blah. And I went to the Lord and I I I really felt like I was saying, Sam's right. Just be willing to let go, just be willing to let go, right? And then it was literally like four or five months later that Mike Swagger reached out to me, hmm. maybe six months later. And so all, you know, it, it it's just amazing how what has to die, I think the golden calf in our life or whatever we put on a pedestal. And and for me, I think men's ministry, what it, it became that in my life, you know, that, that something that I was, almost like that became my identity, right? It wasn't an idol in, in that way, it, but it was my identity for sure. Yeah. Like I'm the men's pastor. I have to have a beard and I, ha right? I mean, like those are the things that, yeah. you know, that people think about for men. I, I had a beard before men's ministry, so I'm going to keep it. But I think that we we always have to walk through life, whatever it is, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our children, whether it's our, our job, our career, we have to hold it loosely. That's probably my another takeaway for me. Hold it loosely because you never know what God wants you to do. And we, we need to, like even with kids, you know, Chris, you've gone through this. I'm getting ready to go through this next uh, year, you know, releasing your children. That, that's, that is such a hard thing to do. Not worshiping your marriage or your wife. Um, that's a really hard thing to do. Well, you know? and you should all, you should, we, sh we should always, all of us hold our ministry or what we believe God gave us to do with an open hand. I mean, it's not ours. 
That's exactly. that's the problem. And we and we have to be willing to make adjustment. I want to say a couple of things. One, I think that um, again, all the people that have been given the church uh, a hard time about COVID. Why are we not doing this? Here's here's just another demonstration of the church as a whole pushing forward saying, well, we still need to go reach people. It just doesn't look like it did before, but now we're going and we're still reaching people, which is all Jesus told us to do is go and make disciples in all the world. And so, you know, in the middle of the Christian, we're not like, oh my gosh, you know, our numbers aren't back to normal here at Grace Church or at Bayside. Our our numbers are not, we've got to get these numbers back. It's like, no, let's just keep on pushing forward because maybe God closed this door this last year so that you could go down this path. I mean, exactly. it's, it's really, it's like, it's about being obedient. And then the other thing is, I, I don't remember where that verse is. Jordy will tell me, you know, where it's, where, <laughs> um, where I think it's Paul that says, I'll be all things to all people for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. And when I'm with, when I'm with adult men, okay, I'm going to be with adult men. When I'm going to be with junior high kids, I'm going to be with junior high. When I'm going to be, you know, with, with, te- uh, with, people in prison i'm going to be with people in prison i'm going to i'm going to walk with them i'm not going to walk in there with you know a, you know your black suit and a red tie because you're pastor scott and your authority you're going to right. walk in there as a man of god that has that god's given you the ability to love people in a way that only he can give it to you and yeah. so i want to read this verse to you uh because I know we're wrapping up, but this is a verse God gave to me yesterday. Hmm. And um, and I want to share it with you. It's in uh, Ephesians. You know, I'm trying to memorize Ephesians. But I'm up to Ephesians 3, and he gave me verse 8 yesterday. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasure available to them in Christ. Hmm. And so when I think of you, Scott, Hmm. I think of you telling the prisoners about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. And that's what you do. And you do it really well. And Hmm. so I praise God that that he's given you the privilege and you don't deserve this, this, Mm -hmm. this, you don't deserve this, but you get the privilege. And so it's like, glory be to God. That's amazing that you just gave me an incredible gift. I I can't even tell you. I really appreciate that. That that's, that's okay. I'll hang up. Okay. I'll hang up. I'll leave on a high. (laughs) Well, Hey, um, Scott, thanks for joining us, just sharing your story, unpacking what God's been doing. It's been a great discussion, and I'm excited to see where prison ministry lands. So that wraps up another episode of Pressing On, and we'll see you guys next month. Bye-bye. See ya.